Today we're going to continue in the series Lean and Fit. And today will be part 7. Last week I continued with avoiding and or getting through danger in a hostile environment. <coughs> and that hostile environment is the environment in which we live. It's a world system. We were in 1 Peter chapter 5 and we talked about how the predator is always looking for an opportunity. He's looking for easy prey. Looking for the biggest reward for minimal amount of expended energy and risk. The predator is looking for the weak, the sick, the submissive, the one unlikely to fight back. The one that can be easily overpowered, caught unawares or snared. The predator doesn't want any resistance. He likes to cause fear, panic, and also to, and that is to identify the weak and the vulnerable, which are eventually singled out and devoured. We also spoke about what our life was without Christ. We were subject to sin and corruption. We were like prey, caught in the snare of the enemy to do his will. However, what we know that in Christ this is not the case. I use the analogy of predator and prey. We who are in Christ now have a new identity. We no longer have to be prey or slaves to the power of sin. But through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can be free from the power of sin. We have a new nature and a new identity in Christ. God through Christ has positioned us who believe and walk by faith to have the power of sin subject to us. When Jesus stated his purpose in Luke, that was, that was recorded in Luke 14, 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Those were powerful statements and, and the scope of it we understand as we walk with him. Those statements are to set those who are held captive free. Those who are held snared by the enemy at his will. Jesus came to set the captives free so that the enemy, the prey, the, the enemy, the predator no longer has the prey subject to them. But in Christ, we now have that same predator subject to us. If we believe and if we know who we are and stand firm in the faith. As I said today, I'm going to continue in what it's going to take to avoid and or get through danger in this hostile environment in which we are living. And I'm going to go back to 1 Peter chapter 5. If you could turn there please. 1 Peter chapter 5. We were in these verses last week, verses 8 and 9. We covered some of verse 8, but I want to spend more time in verse 9 today. Let me know when you're there, please. Verse Peter, chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. So verse 8, we're starting at verse 8. It said, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And as I stated last week, he is a predator. And he's seeking whom he may devour. And if you look at verse 9, it says, Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings 
experienced by your brotherhood in the world. That resist him means that he may or may not devour you. When you resist, he cannot devour you. That's, it says, that's why it says, resist him steadfast in the faith. When you resist him, he cannot devour you. Do you hear what I'm saying? He cannot devour you. We're not to give in to the trial. We're not to give in to the test. But we resist steadfast in the faith so that we will not be devoured. But we will cause him to flee from us. So in verse 8, 9, as I said, resist steadfast, unwavering in the faith. It didn't say resist in your own power. It says resist in the faith. You stand firm and you don't give up. And in James chapter 4, verse 7, I quoted this, I think, last week. It, the scripture says, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The word of God is telling us what we do, what will happen when we submit to God and we put up a fight. We would stand the devil. He said, he will flee. And if God's word is true, we know if we submit to God, do things God's way, and we put up a fight against the enemy God's way, he will have to, re he will have to flee. That is what the Word of God says. And that is what will happen. Amen. That is what will happen. Mm -hmm. So the Word of God says to resist. This word resist is the Greek. Pronounced in the Greek. It's called antistemi. Antistemi. Which means to stand against. That is to oppose. To withstand. Offer strong resistance or opposition to. So you don't put up with what's going on in your life. You resist steadfast in the faith. You resist God's way. You submit to God. You resist the, the devil and he will flee from you. So we have to put up a fight. We don't give up. We don't give in. And we have the authority to do it. But how do we do that? How do we resist? How do we put up a fight? Because it says here, resist steadfast in the faith. It says, resist the, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. How we, do we do that resisting? Well, we have to do it God's way. And before we can do anything, we have to know that we can resist. And we are not helpless. Do you understand? We have to understand that we can resist the enemy. We don't have to feel helpless. We don't have to try and hide. Because there is no way to hide. You don't have to, you don't have to, to act scared or be afraid. We have to know that we can resist and know that we are not helpless. And secondly, this says resist the urge or the temptation to do things our own way. When we are faced with adversity, we have to resist the urge or the temptation to do things our own way. That's why the word says submit to God. Submit to God means you do it God's way. So we have to resist the temptation or the urge to do things our way. And submit to God and do it His way. Thirdly, we resist God's way by faith. Because it says what? Resist steadfast in the faith. So we have to do it God's way by faith. When you submit to God, 
When you choose to do things God's way, that means you are submitted to Him. That means you are trusting God's way to work for you. That means you are walking by faith. They said resist God's way by faith. We must be willing to trust God and submit to Him. So in Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 6, the Word of God says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. You have to know this. We have to know this. The Word of God. And we have to not only know it, we have to believe it. We have to act on it. When you act on what you believe, you're walking by faith. We must know who we are. And believe. That's why earlier in the series I said we must know who we are. When you know who you are, you have to know that you can resist that, that you're not helpless. You have to know that you have the authority to resist and not give in to, to do things your way. Don't give in to temptation. We have to know that God is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And we have to have the courage, the guts, to trust Him and submit to Him. But when you know who you are, these are not these things are not hard to do. No wonder the Word of God says that the just, the righteous shall live by faith. The life of, in Christ is a life by and in faith. Faith, what is that faith? Trust in God. Doing things God's way and not our way. Amen. So we have already been told what we are up against. And you know, we get caught up with chapter and verse. Don't worry about chapter and verse. Know the word of God. Because when Jesus was being tested by the enemy, Jesus wasn't quoting chapter and verse. Jesus was speaking the word of God by the Spirit. And that's the most important thing. Know the word of God. So we have been told what we are up against. We have been given a description of the predator and how we are to resist. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read verses 11 through 13. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 through 13. Let me know when you're there please. Amen? Amen. Alright. The Bible says in verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Say, therefore, because of that, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the word of God here is telling us to put on the armor of God. It says put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So it says it takes the armor to withstand the attacks of the devil. So it's telling us here what it takes to resist. It takes the armor of God. So it says we have to put on the whole armor of God. We have something to do with it. 
And in verse 12, it's telling us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. But we are fighting against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So these, our adversary is the spiritual. The battle is in the spirit. The battle is not in the natural. That's why he says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our battle is in the spirit. And it says you have to put on the whole armor of God. So you're able to do spiritual warfare. Spiritual battle. And verse 13 tells us. Because we are wrestling against spiritual wickedness and spiritual forces. It said put on the whole armor. Take it up. So that we could withstand. And that withstand is the same word. And, and, and it's stemi. Which means to stand against. To oppose. To resist. That's the same word. Alright? So, we have to be able to stand. We have to be able to resist. But how is it says that we ought to do it? It says we have to do it with the armor of God. So we have to put off our way of wanting to fight this battle. And do it God's way. Submit to God. So you submit to God by taking up the armor of God. And putting on the armor to resist and do spiritual warfare. Amen. Alright, so let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to show you something here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to verses 3 to 5. The Word of God says, starting at verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, for though we are flesh and blood, He says we do not walk according to the flesh. We don't fight the way people fight. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, or through God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So he says, we do not walk, even though we are flesh and blood, we don't fight like like flesh and with flesh and flesh and blood. He said, the weapons of our warfare. What are those weapons? We just talked about it in Ephesians, the armor of God. The armor of God, the weapons of our warfare are not fleshy. They're not tangible weapons that you could see. But they are mighty through God. Those weapons are spiritual weapons. And they are only effective in the spiritual realm to come against the, this type of enemy. Spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies. So even though we live in the flesh and we fight against people, it's not people we ought to be dealing with. It's the spirit behind it. That is why it says, even though we walk in the flesh, we don't go after the flesh. We don't go after the people. We go after the spirit behind it. And when you put the spirit behind it, under subjection, it changes the course of that the person that it's influencing. So our weapons come from God. And are available to all who are in Christ. As I said, our weapons come from God and are available to all who are in Christ. But we have to put aside our way and pick, put, pick up this armor. Because it says in Ephesians, put on the armor of God so that you'll be able to stand. But we have to put on that armor. We have to be, you can't be lazy. We have to put on the armor of God. And then do battle. 
So understand, all of these weapons are available. It doesn't mean that we will automatically know how to use these weapons. You can put them on, but it doesn't mean you know how to use these weapons. When Jesus walked the earth, for example, Jesus used the armor of God. But he had to learn how to use the armor. He had to be taught and schooled how to use the armor of God. It's the same way. That's why you have the, the, five, the ministry, fivefold ministry. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. If you're going in the military, they don't just tell you put on the armor. They have to show you, explain to you what the armor does. Show you how to put the armor on. Show you how to apply the armor in battle. And when you are trained, then you can go into the, into the battlefield and use the armor effectively to repel and resist the, and withstand the enemy. It's the same principle. We have to put on the armor, but we have to know how to use our armor. But this message is not about using the, how to use the armor. But I'm just telling you, we have to put on the armor, but not only put it on, know how to use it in warfare. Because you can have the armor, but if you don't know how to use it, you can still come be conquered by your enemy. Glory to God. So we have to be careful here. It's not just put it on. It's know how to apply it. How to use it in warfare. So as I said, when Jesus was walking this earth, he had his armor on. When he was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, do you think Jesus used his own philosophy or his own wisdom? No, absolutely not. He didn't do that. Jesus always had his armor on. His spiritual armor. He was always submitted to the Holy Spirit. He was always submitted to the Father by and through the Spirit. We also must do the same and learn how to use these weapons effectively to withstand. And I gave the def definition, of, of definition of withstand. To, to resist. To put up a fight against. Not so that we won't be subdued. But subdue the enemy. Because the Bible said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. As sons of God, we have to put the enemy to flight. He cannot come in and rob and steal and kill and destroy in our homes. We have to put him to flight. We have to drive him out. And we have been given the tools, the spiritual tools to do it. In and through Christ. And it's the grace of God that gives us the power to do the things that we cannot do. Glory to God. So when you choose to fight God's way, God will give you the grace to stand and overcome. The enemy must flee. Why? Not because I said so, because the word of God said so. He said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. God, the Word of God already told us what's going to happen when we submit to God and we resist the enemy with the armor of God. It said he must flee as he, flo as he, as he, as he had to flee from Jesus when Jesus stood against him in the wilderness. He had to flee because Jesus was wearing the armor and came against him in the armor of God, not in his own strength. Because Jesus was still man, even though he was God. He was still in the flesh. But the battle is in the spirit. And he was using the armor of God. The word of God also declares that God will keep us by his power as we walk by faith. Submitted to God, submitting our will to God is walking by faith. 
And God will back up His word as we walk, submit to God, put the armor of God on. The enemy has to flee. God will back up His word as we walk by faith and do things His way. Amen. God will do it. Every child of God is going through similar trials. It's not exclusive to just us. The Bible says it in verse 9 in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says in verse 9, the same sufferings, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We all going through stuff. And we all will go through stuff. Why? Because we all have to be conforming to the image of Christ. Because it says, the trials that we go through is to bring patience. And patience, endurance. Because we have a race to run. We got to get to the end of our race. And trials is the way that God mechanism, God will allow in our lives. So that we, our flesh, our will, our soul, will learn to submit to God's word and submit to God's ways. And submit to the spirit of God. So that we learn to operate in the spirit and not in our flesh. Glory to God. So God, the word of God says, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. So even though the enemy will try to come in and plunder, the predator will try to come in and do you harm. God will turn that around for you, for your good. So that he will get the glory through it. And it says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So every child of God is going through trials. It's not exclusive. So we have to share one another's burden and pray for one another. Pray for each other. I read a quote from this person called Chris Valotan. Chris Valotan. I don't know this person. I just saw the quote and I thought I'd use the, the name of the person. And it is adequate for our life in Christ. And the quote is, There is no victory without a battle. There is no testimony without a test. And there is no miracle without an impossible circumstance. How is God going to show himself strong on our behalf if we are not going through any trials? If we don't have a trial, what need is there for him to do anything? If there is no trial, there is no need for us to operate by faith. If there is no trial, then we won't have a testimony. Because the word of God clearly says in Revelation 12, 11, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So the only way we can have a testimony is if we had a test or a trial. And we can declare the goodness of God as we overcome in the trial. That testimony of overcoming the predator is a validation of our sonship. Do you hear what I just said? The testimony of overcoming the predator is a validation of our sonship. We are no longer slaves, but sons of God. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? The testimony of overcoming the predator is a validation of our sonship. That we once who were once slaves to sin are now through Christ. Sons of God. Sons of God. So remember. Remember that we have to resist. It's in the faith. Not in our strength. Resist in the faith. Trust God. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. 
Why? Because that's what the Word of God says. The Word of God already told us what's going to happen when we do things God's way. Understand that without a test, there is no testimony. There is no victory without a battle. And there is no miracle without an impossible circumstance. It's impossible to us, but not to God. Amen? Amen. So I hope you receive something today. I hope you take these words to heart. And it's just not another bunch of words that you heard. But meditate on it. Because our life in Christ and the testimony we are to be in this world as sons of God is predicated on our obedience to God. Willing to submit to God and do things God's way and not our own way. So that we can show the world that we are sons of God and that the enemy truly has been defeated. That the enemy has been already defeated. We just have to believe it, know who we are and have the guts to trust God in the midst of everything we are going through and do things His way.